you are listening to High Shelf Gaming. This is a show where we talk about board games and role-playing games and gaming conventions. If this is what you're looking for, please keep listening. You can always find us on our website, Facebook group, Facebook page. We're on Twitter and Twitch and Discord, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to join the community, and we look forward to meeting you. Hey everyone, David here with High Shelf Gaming, and as always, I am joined by the perplexed Rich Wisniewski. Hi ho, David! <laughs> now my neighbor's gonna be like, "What the f is going up the stairs at that guy's apartment?" <laughs> just randomly every Why night at nine o'clock, he says this weird stuff. I know you just never know, and you know that is a great description of me this upcoming holiday season, Dave. Ooh, yeah. I am so perplexed. You know, I got Dude. kids that are in these unique ages. Right. I got friends that are in these, you know, that are friends and they, you know, they do things that are very eclectic. Right. You know, like last year, I think I nailed Larry on something. You know, I got him some, some dungeon keep stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's just a really tough time of year that I do walk around perplexed because I do know what that word means, even though I will not define it for you. <laughs> yes. I've noticed as I get older, I buy less, less gifts for people. And I expect fewer gifts, you know, like I don't expect any oh, gifts Oh, fuck all. that. I buy more gifts and I want more. I'm a hobbit, bro. <laughs> when it's my birthday, I give out gifts and then I want me some gifts later. <laughs> yeah, I am bad at this. So I am so excited. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about giving some gifts to some gamers as gamers giving some gifts to other people for the holiday season. Because yeah. There's, Do you have a gamer in your life? Boxing Day. There's Christmas. Yeah. There's like annual gift giving day. Dude, what what if you're dating this really awesome chick, right? And she's or not dude. into games. What do you do? What do you get her? Yeah. 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 Or what if you're tough. dating this awesome bro? And yeah. the bro's like all in the uh, chat things. And he, you're just like, hey, I want to give you some games. Yeah. What do you get them? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think I'm excited for this because I'm really bad. At this part. And I feel like you're going to school me and I cannot wait. Oh, I don't know. I, I might even have a few boomer gifts in here. Oh, snap. Maybe we can take care of the boomers. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody needs love. I'm, I'm reading this book to my child about how dragons, all dragons need a cuddle. They all, need a, all, they all need a hug. Some Did you read milk. them the one about Call of Cthulhu yet? Yes. <laughs> That's Dude, like that a favorite. Book is so Freaking awesome, dude. I love that there's a Call of Cthulhu children's book. So, uh, number one, for babies, get them the Call of Cthulhu <laughs> children's <laughs> <No> book. <laughs> <laughs> Who got that gift for Dax? Chip got that book. Chip got that book for him. Yeah. And I remember reading it going, holy smokes, this is actually a pretty good story. And it's interesting. And it's not scary, but it's fun. It's Call of Cthulhu. You know what, dude? When you were there and you were reading that book, there was this great lighting. And someone took a picture of you, and that picture lives on our website, right? At highshelfgaming.com. No way, about, I'm going there right now. I've never been to our us. website. And it is so good. It is such a good picture of you. It should be your Facebook profile. It should go on Tinder. Dude, it's my Tinder. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're, you're plenty of fish, your J-date, wherever it is you put yourself out there. <gasps> that's where you need to be. All right, I got to find this about HSG. Oh, Dave, your picture is really good. Oh, dude, not nearly like as that. good as yours. No. Oh, I look so contemplative. Yes, it look is so that. good. God, I'm so smart. Yeah. yeah. And Dave, I just want you to know, any picture taken with me, the light's right. I can tell. The light bends for me. 
Yeah, it really does. Folks, yeah. if you haven't e-stalked Rich on our website, you should do it right now because it just looks good. Yeah. You can e-stalk me on Pornhub too. <laughs> I make right, lots do you of do all the safer work con- uh, content? Are you only, the, like... only safe for work, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only uh, safe for work. Follow rich, me High Shelf Rich. R- I'm there. Yeah. Rich, rich fixed the, fixes the plumbing and leaves <laughs> properly compensated with money. Dude, that's my next gaming channel. But I think we've already been beat. I think someone already has a safe for work gaming channel there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I made a joke about that one time. I went and looked. And I was like, "Damn it, they beat me." Yeah, yeah. But theirs is not as good as ours. We we can do better. Yeah, we we can. We especially our cyberpunk role play. Oh, but <gasps> anyways, dude, I am getting way off topic. Gift giving. There we go. So number one, the Call of Cthulhu children's book is great for nerd parents to give to their kids, or for you to give to a set of nerd parents. There's also the ABCs of D and D. That's a good book. It's got monsters and stuff in it. No way. I'm really, I, I like that book. And, and Does Dax it have a beholder? I don't think so. I think it has new monsters. I think they made up some monsters. You know, if we had to look at what's going on in the kids' world for games, I really don't know anything but the basics, right? Oh, dude, there's, a, there's totally a D&D for uh, under 10. Oh, really? I, Wizards has published a D&D for kids like a while ago. But there's a new game that's a role-playing game for kids. You know, the only things I can think of are, and I don't know these ages, but like the Kids of Catan, and then there's My Little Scythe. Oh, yeah. Which they say is actually really good for everyone. They say it's a really good, fun game. Scythe, you know, everyone knows Scythe. I mean, that's just such a phenomenal game. Yeah. So I've heard about those, but I don't know those ages completely. You know, when I think about how is it when you introduce them, sorry, mousetrap, Shoots and ladders, you know the the basics. It's just about walking through. I think how to keep a child engaged through a certain period of time is mm. what a lot of those come down to. Do not introduce them to Monopoly or Kids Monopoly or whatever Monopoly because you're going to mess the <laughs> rules up. Don't even do it. Just don't do it. And um, but otherwise, I think you know it's really about getting your your younger children to sit down and focus for a certain period of time because that's really hard, man. Yeah. You know, I bought my nephew uh, last year this tree game from the BGG convention. And it was like you built this tree and then they had a little axe and they hit the tree with the axe and pieces fall off oh, and you get fun. points. So kind of like a really weird reverse Jenga. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it really is just about getting them to focus. You know, my Yeti and my Yeti and my spaghetti. I love to play that game with him. <laughs> It really is a lot of fun, but I, I, now I'm digressing. But other children's games, what do you what do you got there going? Yeah, I think I think that you know the board gaming scene has really come up when it comes to developing games that keep kids engaged. Like we have this game, My First Orchard, Whoa. and it's a you know it's a little uh, fruit picking game, and you roll a die and you pick the fruit and you put it in the basket, and there's a raven that's going to come along and eat all the fruit unless you can. You know, empty your basket fast enough. And it's the just robber. A little, it's the robber from Catan yeah, dressed just, up as a crow. Yeah, it's just a little Raven. dice game, you know, and it's got colorful stuff and yeah. the pieces are nice and big. So he's not going to choke on them or anything like that. Like great little game. So I kind of want to get into you have all of these different types of folks that you're getting games for. Some of them are really big time gamers. Some of them are not big time gamers. What is your... Where are you going? Like, how do you find what to get somebody? Man, I'm going to tell you right now. Let's just go with the idea of the newbie, right? Mm. 
Freaking exploding kittens. Do oh, I have yeah. to say anything else in life? Not yeah. only do you enjoy it, yeah. you end up getting them so hooked that yeah. they end up having exploding kitten events because it is just such a great freaking game. And it just takes nothing. It's it's one of those, you know, minute to learn games. Yeah. And everyone I, enjoys it. I agree. There's a new Exploding Kittens that's up for like 10 players that I picked what? up. What? Oh, it's so good. They when added a bunch of cards. This? And when are you inviting me? Yeah, they changed it. Oh, yeah. I'll totally bring you. I'll bring it to Gen Con. It's a crazy easy to pick up. Um, I like how they simplified some of the cards. And it's just a great, I completely agree. Great freaking game. Super easy to learn. And you know what? It doesn't introduce the fatigue that some of the other really popular party games can introduce, like Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, can can kind of get a apples, little long in the tooth. Whatever apples. apples. Yep. Yeah. Uh, code names can get a little long yep. in the tooth. You know, exploding kittens. Nah. And by the way, when you introduce someone for exploding kittens, just always tell them we're going to play one game. Yeah. And don't worry, we're just going to work through the rules. Yep. Maybe talk about it. Maybe yep. read them. Yep. Let's say we're going to play one game. And then after they play that first game, they go, oh, I get it. And yep. they're ready to play another one. So uh, that's always a, a major gift. That's always a way of introducing someone to gaming that then they, they then, they, then they start to trust me, right? <laughs> mm, yeah. So they build up that trust of, oh, hey, I kind of like this. Another game I found at Origins last year that I had seen online that I picked up was called I'm looking at it right now called Intelli. Oh yeah. Or be hacked. Yeah. You put down seven tiles. They kind of go in this random pattern. You have your little, and it's, it's about your, it has like a whole it theme, but the symbols could be anything you want. Right. Yeah. The idea is, is you have a black and white tiles, you know, the good hacker, the bad hacker, white hat, black hat. Yeah. And you place your first tile and you've placed it on an item that tells you on the next tile where they have to place. So then they place a tile, they place their little marker and that tells that next person what tile they have to go to. And you have to kind of build this three in a row way of winning a tile. Hmm. So it has this great freaking thing that you got to look ahead to what you played, what they played, what you want them to play next, what they're probably going to make you play next. And then what you want to play over them. And I always lose. <laughs> that's kind of cool that's kind of like a you have to read your opponent you have to read yep. you know uh kind of try and uh anticipate there's only so many squares on the things there's only so yeah. many symbols to pick and when you send them to tiles they might pick the thing that you need so it has that whole connect four kind of idea it yeah. has that whole idea of how do you build up that idea but or build up that win Without yeah. them stealing it from you. And yeah. Intelli does it in a very interesting way. So it fits the idea totally of a new gamer. You know, cool. it, it's not necessarily Bananagrams or Scrabble or, you know, maybe some of those more traditional ones. But it's a real fun little box set. Work plays real easy. Yeah, that's cool. That's real cool. You know, uh, one game that I have really enjoyed giving to other people is Guillotine. Oh, yeah. It's like the French Revolution, and it's super simple. You know, there's a there's the line of people who are going to get um, decapitated by the guillotine, and you just collect points, you know, and some of the characters feed off of each other, and it's really colorful, and it's just uh, just super, super easy to pick up and, and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's a game that I have found, if I give that to someone, they're probably going to play it, they're probably going to enjoy it, and, you know, they'll play it a few times. You know, they'll play it enough for, for it to have been worth it. 
Dude, what about Bang? Ooh, so I love Bang. I love Bang. You know, Bang is a bang. very fun game. I just like I, to go, I banged you all the time. <laughs> I think that that's half the fun for everybody on the first game. So what I'll say about Bang is that's really, to me, kind of more for an intermediate gamer. Someone who I know likes games. Oh. Because Bang, you know, these other games we've talked about, when you're out, you're either, either you don't, you're not ever out of the game. Like guillotine's going to last for the whole thing. And, and the, the hacking game you talked about is going to last for the whole thing. Exploding kittens. If you're out, you're out, but probably the game's almost over already. Right. Yeah. Whereas bang, when you're out and it's a big deal when you leave, because the game might continue running for another 10 minutes, you know, yeah. and, 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 and then, and then that person has nothing to do. So I, I kind of hold bang for like my 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 friends that I know they really enjoy some games. They they've played Settlers of Catan. They like Settlers of Catan. They've um, you know played some interesting board games. And I think okay, this person is going to enjoy bang absolutely because it's a great game. It's a really good game. But for the casual gamer, it can be a little tougher because once you're out, you're out and you got nothing to do for 10 minutes. Okay. Where are you dropping secret Hitler? I'm, I'm going to put that in my oh, new player yeah. game. Where yeah. You put that? Yeah. Yeah. Secret Hitler. Okay. It is definitely a new player game. If they have a, if they have a good sarcastic sense of humor, because oh. I think there's a population of people out there where you say, here's a great game for you, secret Hitler. And they're going to look at that and go, What? They're going to be like upset. <laughs> I will not insert my political joke right here. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You know, like some people will not see the humor in it. So they have to be, they have to be cool. But I love that game. I think that's a great, great, like easy to get into, easy to understand, great fast play gift game. Absolutely. Now I will warn people as we talk about great games and we talk about levels, yeah. I think another entry level that I really like that kind of expands on the idea of Scrabble, expands on the idea of Monopoly. Ticket to run! <laughs> I've been waiting to do that one. Yes. I think that's a great beginner game. I, oh, I yeah. throw that totally in my beginner category. Yeah, yeah, um, big big mass appeal for sure. Yes, and you can all of a sudden start doing the, the two to four player. Everyone feels really comfortable sitting at a table that is four sides and everyone has their side and you have your trains yeah. and your, your placing, you yeah. have cards, you're really working them into different games that work on worker placement or different yeah. games that work on card draw or yeah. deck building games. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I really do like that as a great starter game. You know, another really good one is evolution. Right. You know, that we is. We talked about evolution on the show with Elise and it is such a good, like easy game to play. You kind of get what's going on because it's based on evolution and like you don't have to explain it so much because it's based on kind of on the real world and people will will leap to that because there's familiarity there. It's just a damn cute game. So, dude, I'm going to spin off into a new category of game I found. Okay. And I think it's definitely a, a great gift idea, not necessarily a gamer build idea. So this isn't one that's in my category of, I'm going to give you this so we can move to the next level. Yeah. I found this box game called Unlock. Hmm. And they are escape games in a box. 
Wait, so is the is the purpose of the game to get the game out of the box? That would be great because I would have solved it. But <laughs> it's not. Yes, the pair of scissors would have solved it. It is a game that is an escape room in a box. So you pop it open. They had a really great instruction manual. They had really great materials. It's a one-time play. So you open it, and you have to destroy some of the materials to solve the puzzle to get the key to move to the next level. They had a great coding system that you put in information to move to the next piece that when you were wrong, they told you you were wrong without really pushing you forward. And it really didn't feel very brute forcible. I'm sure everything is brute forcible, but when you got it wrong, you just went back and you kind of reworked your puzzle pieces. Holy crap, dude. On the final puzzle, it actually incorporated some of the box elements. To where they had a um, spoiler hit mute here for one second or actually one minute. They um, worked it out to where they were actually little pieces on the box that you kind of had to refer to, to be able to solve the last puzzle. And I was wow. like, holy shit. They worked printing into the box also. Wow. It was really fun. I I played it with a, uh, another older person such as myself. She was much young. She's much younger. And then even a child, it, we had hmm. a, a young person involved yeah. and everyone was engaged. It That's was a awesome. great one shot game. I think that's really cool. I like the idea of, because, you know, when somebody goes to buy something for themselves, they're probably going to say, look, I want this thing to last, right? Right. And so sometimes these escape rooms where you're like destroying things along the way is like, I don't want to buy that for myself because I only get to play with it once. But as a gift. Oh. You know, like, hey, I kind of am interested in doing my own escape room and I got this gift. It's a one-time use, so I don't feel bad, you know, about the money. And I get to go and enjoy this thing with uh, two people, three people that I really enjoy. Okay, there's your boomer gift. You get together with everybody at the family. Mm. You get that for the boomer. Everybody opens it. We all play it during Christmas. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Or the holidays, whatever you celebrate. I I think that's really good. I like that. I like that idea. So yeah, yeah, that was another beginner game. Everyone gets involved. Everyone has to touch it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, on the other ideas, a lot of the other games I like... Definitely move into the intermediate category. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about, let's say we have a listener out here who is not a gamer and they don't know what to get a gamer. Mm, Twilight Imperium. (laughs) That's a no. Do not listen to what I just said. Yeah. 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 I really think that the world of gaming is growing into this whole area of like gaming accessories. And it is super good. Like if you know somebody who role plays a lot, it's super, yeah, it's super good to get them a dice tower, uh, which if you just Google up dice tower uh, on Amazon or wherever, you're going to find it's like a little tower and you drop dice into it and and it rolls them for you. And they're really good. Dice bags are really good. Just a set of dice even. Like it's kind of a tradition within gaming circles to be like, hey, this was a gift from somebody. Right. You're yes. uh, like, I remember the tradition of your first set of dice is always a gift from someone. Mm. So I, you know, whenever I knew, met a new player, I always made sure to get them a set of dice so that the, their, their first set was a gift. And like that kind of stuff could be really fun. You just, you know, kind of like, what's this gaming thing you do? Oh, is it D&D? And then you just like Google D&D dice and boom, get them a set in their favorite color or whatever. But I think the like more pro move here, especially if they're into board games is to go and get them a game organizer. And there's a couple of companies out there that do this. There's like Broken Token, 
Dude, right? how'd you know what I had up on my screen? Dude, oh yeah. Are you? Do you have like a bot on my yeah. machine telling you what I look up? I do, because I do, yeah. yeah. I'm totally going, if you know a gamer and they're yeah. like, oh, I love Scythe. Dude, buy them the broken token management system for inside the box. Yes, yeah. So so broken token is a great one. There's a couple other organizer companies they're out my, there. They're my only. But I think that, yeah, I think they're the like, the creme de la creme. So if you, if you know a gamer and there's this game that's on their shelf and they've all, they always ask you, do you want to play this game? Right. If they keep asking you, do you want to play this game? And whether or not you tell them yes or no, remember the name of the game and go and search it on broken token site. There will probably be an organizer that works for it. They, they have organizers for card games and board games and all that stuff. And it's like this balsa wood thing that they get to assemble. So there's like a cool project, they get to assemble it. And then when it's assembled, it has a little pocket for every little piece. And it really fits your like OCD-ness. Ooh, my inner Sheldon Cooper is so happy. (laughs) Exactly. Like everything has a place and it just fits perfectly within the box a lot of times. Like my wife, uh, Kelly, she loves Pandemic loves pandemic so we got my medium category game yeah we got the intermediate we got the pandemic organizer and it fits all the expansions and pandemic is such a fun game so you should get that for anybody who doesn't have it and then you know i mean it's just a great thing and like i i love broken token man like their little organizers are so good and such a great thoughtful gift for someone who loves a specific board game plus the idea of getting them the accessories that go with the current RPG campaign. Oh, Just like there's yeah. the RPG dice that go with the current campaign. There's yeah. the RPG books that go along with the current campaign. Yeah. There are so many pieces now that Watsy. Is it still Watsy or should I say Hasbro? I think still Watsy. Okay, say Watsy. Wizards of the Coast. Right. Because you know the way that they publish your current campaigns, if they're an RPG player, you can't go wrong in any of those areas. You know, one thing you could do, which would be really cool, it kind of takes... A little bit of, hey, I got you this gift and now you need to go and do something. But there's a website called Hero Forge. <gasps> and if you know that this person plays a lot of D&D and they have some character that they love, you can basically pay to have their little character <gasps> modeled on Hero Forge's website. And they make little miniatures. And then <sighs> you could even pay to have it printed. And that is such a special thing for a gamer to have like, oh, I have my character that I love and I've spent like months on and I play all these games with. And then you have a little like miniature of that character for them to have. Now they have to like, they would have to log into the site and build their character. That's not something you would do, but you could drop the 10 bucks to have the character designed. Right. They go through and do the design effort. And at the end of it, there's ten dollars spent and they get the little 3D printer file. And if you know somebody with a 3D printer, awesome. If you don't, that's fine, too, because Hero Forge will print it for you. Send your DMs to Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a good thing. So intermediate wise, we touched on pandemic and you know, that was in there, right? Oh yeah. I definitely think that's an intermediate game. Do not bring that out to your new players. They will be so soul crushed as they lose. You know, yeah, it is a tough game, but there's so many really good cooperative games like that. That's one of the things I like about Pandemic is that it's cooperative instead of competitive. And I think that that appeals to a lot of gamers these days. 
I can see that happening because, you know, my next intermediate that I like is Power Grid. Oh, Again, an yeah. older game. And the problem is there's so many expansions. You just got to grab the base game and get it in their hands. And if you somehow know a gamer that doesn't have Power Grid on their on their shelf, that is a definite win. You know, very worker placement, very German. May I yeah. say that? May I say very yeah. German in that yeah. sense? Yeah. If you're new to the scene, German games are very popular and they don't have a lot of randomness. And then American games are very popular, but they do have a lot of randomness. And and there's other facets there, but those are the kind of two primary things. And Power Grid does not have a lot of randomness. No. And it, it's, it makes for a really fun game. But again, you got to be in that intermediate category because it can get overwhelming. Yeah. And it can wear you down a little bit. Another game I played that was deck building slash fun was trains so i mess this up all the time when i talk about ticket to ride i always say trains by accident yeah Um, and so you're introducing someone to the idea of deck building at the same time as playing a game yeah which can lead to a lot of other fun games too and trains has a very easy method of doing this you kind of play solo but then there maybe is a little competitive a little bit later because of victory points and encroaching territory but it plays out really well you know my favorite deck building like game is probably roll for the galaxy it is a dice building oh, game wow i hate that game and it is so cool like as you roll your dice you get more dice and then you roll more dice and then you get more dice and it's just like this thing where you're building this empire of dice and it's really fun cuz rolling dice is fun so if you're if you got a person who likes deck building games maybe get them roll for the galaxy as and i'm gonna build off game. that one that hmm. when it comes to the tile starts it's kind of like scythe right you get your 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 tile starts that kind of say the way your empire is yeah and then as you start recruiting other planets or um and i may be messing this up um, no, other not. workforce faction ideas yeah those add to your dice pool so you actually build up this mega empire in front of you to where not only is it dice, it has a whole, what do I choose aspect? Yeah. Yeah. It's got a cool like planning element to it. And you're all kind of playing your own game. There's a little bit of interaction between the players, but not a ton. So like you're kind of racing to build the coolest empire and space empire. And they're kind of racing to build their coolest space empire. Um, But yeah, those are, that's a favorite of mine. Anything that's like introvert friendly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time introvert friendly. Another one I'll throw in the intermediate category that could, people could sometimes say falls into the beginner category, but I've moved it up from personal experience. Ooh. King of Tokyo. Oh, yeah. The Great like, game. The like rampaging monster game. Where you're trying to take the center square. King yeah. of the Hill. Yeah. Very competitive. Yeah. So competitive that I've seen people cry. <laughs> so that's why I'm moving this into the intermediate category than the beginner category because at the beginner level you can crush young people and you could crush even older people that aren't used to these kind of a games where you just you know beat up your neighbor yeah king of tokyo is a really like fun looking game and it's fun to play so i i see why people put it in the beginner category because it's very appealing to uh to newer players yes but it can be really ruthless and it can be really detrimental to your relationship with people not as bad as diplomacy or anything along those lines but still it can be very very rough so I kind of move it in the intermediate group just like I'm going to drop the next one which we all love to play if someone has never played Catan 
Oh, yeah. After they've played Ticket to Ride a few times, and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, maybe I should buy an expansion. No. <laughs> Go to Catan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love Catan. The, the thing about Catan is that some people really hate it because it also gets very competitive, right? But there's a kid's Catan that's really fun. I like it's like a pirate cove type situation. And Ooh, I, I love pirate cove. That's in my game closet. I'm yeah. Really glad oh, yeah. you brought that up. Come yeah. On. It's a, it's a cute, cute game. Great for kids. Uh, very easy. I love it. You know, easy to pick up, I should say. And Catan is a fantastic game. Fantastic game. But it is very competitive. I didn't know you played pirates cove. Yeah. Yeah. And that should be in our beginner list. Yeah, it's definitely. very simple. It's very easy. Has a lot of fun. You can play it cooperatively yeah. in the sense that you just don't beat, you don't go after each other. Kind of a right. scenario. You know right. what I mean? Right. What about like role play gifts? There, there's uh, some really cool companies like Wormwood and some other really nice places that do like little little dice chests. Uh, there's some great dice to get, like the Wiz dice, the aluminum precision aluminum dice that we those love. were a great gift. Those were so such great gifts from Larry. And with the latest dice revolution going on, your types of dice you can get are out of control, brother. Yeah, agreed. Dude, I got a map, you know, DM-wise. Mm. You know how you want a map so you can mark up what's in front of you and then everybody can put their little minis on and things along yeah. those lines? Yeah. It actually folds into like eight and a half by 11. Oh. So yeah. I love it because it's it's hard. Yeah. It folds all together. And then it folds out and you can draw on it. And because I'm always packing my game up to go somewhere, yeah. it is phenomenal. So, you know, uh, you should find that because there's also battle map puzzle pieces where it's a big piece and you can draw it and all that kind of stuff, put your minis on it. And then when they've revealed the next section, they just take another you take another piece out of your DM's bag and you plop it on the table and it has the next section of the no dungeon. Way. On that piece. Yeah. And it like they snap together like Legos. So very uh, D&D board game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very D&D board game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where, yeah, there's a tile that you're placing down and it has the next you know piece of information on it. And, I, you know, battle maps are really, really a big deal in the in-person gaming scene for sure. Now, I'm going to go in the intermediate category for this. And maybe, maybe you know what? I should call this the specialty category. Hmm. And this is one I know very well. Hmm. The Firefly D&D or the Firefly D&D board game slash Doctor Who board game slash the franchise. Oh, games. I think yeah. it's somewhere in a weird way so, that they're never really too complex. So let, let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Yep. You probably know somebody out there that loves a certain movie or a certain TV series, Star Wars. You know, yep. Uh, Doctor Who, uh, um, uh, Big loves- Trouble in Little China was oh, really big yeah. last year. Yeah, Jurassic Park. You know, just some of these movies that are that are like somebody gets in love with that movie, and that's the thing. There is definitely a board game made for that movie, and not all of them are great. You you run the risk, and that's where you fall into that specialty category. Yeah, yeah, it's so- tough. Yeah, so here's here's where I I think you you can't go wrong. If you know someone loves a game or loves a a, 
a TV show or something like that, go and look up Fantasy Flight because they make board games off of franchises all the time. And they do a really stinking good job. Like I have their Battlestar Galactica board game. It's great. Highly rated. Yeah, very good game. Uh, They have a Settlers of Catan Game of Thrones edition that is apparently very good. Uh, So yeah, I, I think... Like they, as a manufacturer, do a great job at making franchise games. What, what's your take on a franchise game? It's hard. It's hard. You know, my my folks that do the Doctor Who board game and do the Firefly board Gale game. Force 9? Yep, Gale Force 9. They've done a great job of trying to take a franchise and make it fun. Yeah. And the Doctor Who board game is so good. Just as a just board works. game, it's good. It works. And the yeah. Firefly game, I've worked on ways of jumpstarting the beginning of it. Yeah. To where we push through some of that early, you know, try and bring it into an hour, hour and a half game instead of two, two and a half. Right. And that really changes the game because you're able to be done a little faster. Yeah. Um, And that keeps your attention, you know, more on it. Those are the only folks that I really like. And just like you mentioned, Fantasy Flight, you are on the money with that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the franchises that I think is really, really fun, the board game is so interesting and different. And I know that like in the board gaming scene, it sometimes doesn't get a lot of love, but I love the XCOM board game. Love it, love it, love it. And and Fantasy Flight made it, and it's based on XCOM, and XCOM is an incredibly hard computer game um, compared to other computer games, and it is such a good board game. And that is in the expert category. Okay. When I have played that and had a great time, yeah. I am sitting with four gamers. Every time I've played it, whether I was at Alcon, whether I was sitting with you at Gen Con yeah. to make this game come together, we had four real gamers and you got to bring in a phone because someone has to run the app. Yeah. And the app is tied in with the game and it's so integral in the sense of how it applies pressure. Yeah. And everyone really had to be on their gaming mechanics, man. To right. win that game, you had to have someone doing accounting, you had to have someone doing research, you had to do someone yeah. doing strategy. And, and it was really focused to where if you, if, if you brought a newbie in there, their head would just explode and they probably would hate it. Agreed. Yeah. I really think that like XCOM is one of those games that like you have to be pretty clocked in. Yeah. It can be tough to find uh, that type of gamer who wants to play XCOM because it has the app, because it has this extra element to it. But if you are interested in that, oh, it's so fun. It's it is. So fun. It would. I wish I could play it more. Yeah. Um, we almost didn't go to something else because we were playing it. We wanted to play another game. Yeah. Because we had such a great team together. Yeah. That we wanted to do it another time. You know, yeah. another game that kind of fits into that category. I think of expert player that you and I have played and really enjoyed. And we just, you know, what we haven't played it again because it's hard to get the right group. Rising Sun. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, Rising Sun is so good. The pieces are gorgeous. The gameplay is interesting. The whole alliance and break alliance system, yes. just cool. I, yeah, I love it because you're like picking what happens this season. And when you pick, you get the thing and a little extra bonus. And everybody else gets just the thing, right? So everybody gets something. Or they could get something. It is such a neat game because you're kind of thinking like, I really need this thing, but do I want to feed everybody else this other aspect? You know, just a great freaking game. 
Now, do you put scythe in the expert category? Are you pushing it down to intermediary? I held off on talking about it until we got to expert. I think that scythe is an expert, is yeah. a is a gamer's game. I think I think Rising Sun, Scythe, Wingspan, right? Mm-hmm. Wingspan's another game that we haven't talked about yet on the show. I think all of those games are that is someone who loves board games and loves, you know, thinking about uh, what is it, asynchronous games. Uh, mm-hmm. They like, they love thinking about worker placement. They love thinking about, they love thinking about all of these concepts that, uh, you know, kind of intermediary and beginner game gamers just not going to be into, just going to be checked out of. I took a uh, two year veteran to Alcon and they, it was their second year at Alcon. So they'd played some games before, just standard family. Alcon got exposed to new types, yeah. played some of those new types away from Alcon on their second year back. We signed up for Scythe. Oh. They loved it. But the person was already a lot of those adjectives you already described. That's kind of how I see it. Does Pandemic Legacy bump up into this category or do you still call that intermediary? I think Pandemic Legacy, I think most of the Legacy games are really intermediary. I think that they're fun because you're like going through them and the board changes as you go along. So it's kind of an adventure. It's kind of a campaign to see how things go. And certainly if you want to stack the deck and, and have the easiest possible path, then you probably think that's a gamer a gamer's game, an expert level game, like Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. I would put that in the gamer's game, you know, category. I don't think that's for the faint of heart, but I think Pandemic Legacy you could do as an intermediary. Yes. You jumped into one of the categories I was going to next is Gloomhaven. Oh yeah. Where does that fit in? And, you know, um, as I was going to bring up the D&D board game, I think that fits into the specialty category that if you know an RPG or get them the D&D board game, if they've not played it. Yeah, but it's a specialty I, idea. Yeah, you know, I think that I think that Gloomhaven is really good, and really D D board game as well is really good for the gamer and their group. They meet together regularly. Oh, good point. Because those games, you don't finish them up in one session. No. You play them over the course of weeks or months. Because you're always revisiting and the game has changed since the last time you played. And so I think that those games really require a consistent friend group, which is not something I have. (laughs) No, it's really tough to do. And that's actually some of the folks I've talked with that do play that. That is exactly what they do. They have a lot of getting together and doing things. Yeah. Have you ever played Agricola? I love Agricola. Okay. That has a lot. I've never played it. I've seen it. I've uh, seen it here and there. That fits into a category, I think, of that worker placement idea. Oh, yeah. Do you put it on expert level or do you say that's an inter- or an, e- an intermediate buy? I think intermediates can buy it. I think experts love it. Okay, there we go. Be- because it's a game where, you know, if you're playing Agricola and you're reacting to the new thing that's been exposed this turn, then you're at the intermediate level. If you are anticipating the next thing and you have planned for it and you've built your little like Agricola world with the understanding that next turn, either the cow shows up or the fences building shows up. If you're at that level, you're an expert, right? And you're playing the game on a completely different level than the intermediary. And I think that Agricola is one of those great games that bridges someone from a, I like board games and they're fun to, I take them very seriously. Yes. And I want to win. <laughs> Good. 
Then I, I'm glad I brought that one up because that yeah. was one that was on the tip of my uh, list there of, huh, I wonder if I would like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and there's some, there's some expansions for it that are really fun. I think that Settlers of Catan can, with the expansions, you can get into an expert level game with like cities and knights being a little bit more complicated. But yeah, I definitely Agricola I'd put there as a, as a strong buy for someone who is very serious or, or could be very serious about board games. Now, let's say you have a friend who likes horror. Oh, yeah. There is a whole plethora of great games out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Arkham Horror. Oh, yeah. Arkham Horror is fantastic. Fantastic. And what's, and what's the other one we played? Um, I think a, almost a better game is Dead of Winter. For the oh whole my horror God. aspect. Oh my God. How did I not think about that as horror? Yeah. Dead of Winter, zombie game in a tundra, not a tundra, but in like a, a frozen hellscape where like going outside oh, yeah. could get you frostbite. I have to thank Heather so much for introducing me to that game. It yeah. is a blast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a crossroads game is what they call it. And I love that aspect. It's a, it has kind of a, a role play decision element to it where you get presented with a scenario and you have to choose between two bad ideas. And it's so good. It's so good. You know, what's crazy is we've done a very terrible job of prep of, of pumping new games too. All of this walkthrough has been really solid games and they've been around a little bit, but that's you and I style. Like I think that people who come to high shelf, they know that you and I are going to be talking about games that are established that we have played five and 10 times. Yeah. Right. And you don't do that with a brand new game. No. Like, I kind of wondered coming in here whether we would talk a lot about new stuff that's out. Yeah, and no. It really I, turned out no. Now, as we get to where, and I'm, I'm moving us forward, I apologize, the bonus section. Ooh, bonus section. Let's say you have an incredible introvert friend. Mm-hmm. And you want to get them a game. And I'm shaking the game right here. Oh. I found this little bad boy at Origins. Yeah. It's called Abandons. Oh, no, I found it at Gen Con. I found it at Gen Con. It's called Abandons. Think of playing solitaire and it's a deck of cards where you shuffle them up and then you shuffle some other in and you put the end and one at the bottom. And as you flip the cards over, you place them in front of you and you're, you're in a maze and you can only go certain ways like left or right or forward based on the cards you played. Is this a one player game? It's a one player game. That's why it's for your fellow introvert. Oh. You just flip the card and the next card, you, you sometimes you flip the next one, sometimes you skip two, depending on what's on the card in front of you that tells you how many to skip. And sometimes you get a dead end. And sometimes you can't get out of a dead end. They have yeah. blow up cards that let you go back. They have stairs that let you go down. Yeah. They have ways of working around it. But sometimes you play and it's like solitaire. You're stuck. Okay. And you just shuffle it up and you play again. Okay. Um, Played it on the airplane, played it sitting at my desk. It's just a a quick little easy one player game. Just like they have a lot of one deck dungeons or expedition. Yeah. You know, games like that that are also just one player. You know, I I think what one thing that we should do, and we'll do this in 2020, is do an episode about one player games because you have gone through a lot of them. And you know a lot about them. And I think that's a really cool thing. That, like, <laughs> that's just such a sad moment of my life. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. Yeah. I like playing games by myself. Yeah, just like no. I like to drink by myself. I like yeah. doing things alone. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that like that's a thing that is really interesting. And I don't get to play those, so I don't have any experience. And I think that it'd be really cool to hear where you've gone with it and, and the games that you like. So what was the name of the game you're recommending right now? Abandons. Abandons. And it is literally, a the box is the size of... What would you call that? Two by two, three by three? Yeah, you know, if you're a, a boomer, because we've mentioned that a little earlier, it's uh, it's the size of an old tin of Band-Aids. There you go. What a great way to roll that in with the boomer comment. <laughs> yes. You know, like they don't make the tin of Band-Aids no. anymore. Nobody else knows what that is. Nope. But like me and you and other folk will know the tin of Band-Aids. That's how big abandoned is. Yes. My other little bonus idea, the idea that you have people together and you're the gamer, boss monster. <gasps> yeah. If you, I completely agree. If you are the gamer in the group and you want to run a game or bring a game, boss Thanksgiving, monster is so good. Oh yeah. Christmas. Oh yeah. Maybe not Easter, but you get the idea. It's a great game that is easy to play. It's fun to learn. You know, it, it, and people get kind of a little competitive in it too. They start oh, yeah. going, oh, I get this now. Yeah. Especially after the first game. And, you know, we have a rule in our family. Play like seven turns. You know, the other game, I'm going to I'm gonna throw in a bonus. Yeah. Fantazzi. Oh my God. How did I? Al is right now so mad that we haven't brought Fantazzi up yet. Yes. Because it is such a great, addictively yeah. fun game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, imagine the game Yahtzee. But fun. But fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's a dice roller, and a lot of the same moves that used to get you points in Yahtzee do good things in Fantazzi, right? Or, or Fantazzi. And it's an AEG game. We haven't really talked about any games from them yet, and it's so stinking good because you're like... Hiring adventurers and rolling dice to power them up, and then they go and kill monsters, and you get points for it. And it's just such a stupid, easy, fun game. My nephews play it. You and I play it. Yep. Like I think it's a game yep, that yep, has yep. broad appeal, and it's just it's just so fun because rolling dice is fun, and you know you get to combo up your heroes. Mm -hmm. And when you combo them up and your your heroes are super strong, you get to go and kill monsters, and then you get points for it, and it's great. Now, one area that we oh, uh, that we left off, deck building games. You know what? I don't think you and I play a lot of them. No, no. But I, I got the Rick and Morty <laughs> deck building game. And I know that sounds crazy, guys. <laughs> I took it to Thanksgiving last year. Yeah. And my dad, oh my God. What? We played one game and he said, we're playing again. What? Because he got it. He got the way deck building works. <gasps> and he was hooked. We played that game another four times. Before we left, it was, he got, it really became, he, it was irregardless of the, of the, of the fan art. It was irregardless of the, you know, the flavor text. It was just it a good game. was, he understood deck building. Yeah. And I think there's a whole avenue there that we haven't gone down, you know, in the idea of game giving. And that's probably a tough one. I'd probably send people to BGGCon to, um, or BGG.com, BoardGameGeek.com yeah. to look up deck building ideas. If that is something someone likes, or to me, it does fit into the little bit of that tricks, you know, playing tricks, playing the idea of, of, com of, of piling on top of each other. It's really cool to hear that the Rick and Morty card game is actually worth it. Yes. That is so cool. To talk about card games, we should mention 
If you know someone who is a card gamer, you would not be wrong to buy them Keyforge. Oh, dude, that shows up so much. And I had, I didn't get to play it, but I watched Daniel and Ryan play a game right. of Keyforge. Right. And it was really nice. Yeah. So Keyforge is the new hotness right now. You know, Magic the Gathering is always strong. Yeah. But if you know someone who plays card games and is interested in card games, buying them a deck of Keyforge isn't a mistake. No. It has a nice little beginner box set. Yeah. To where it's very easy to get a hold of for two players to start. Uh, rules are very straightforward. You know, watching participants play, very easy to follow along. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. I'm really glad we kind of broke down some games to pick up for people. Do you have another category after... Intermediate, expert, bonus, specialty. <laughs> Horror. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we hit a lot of good spots. We hit a lot of great games. I'm sure there's many others. And this is a great moment to say, comment and link below. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sure that you and I have only scratched the surface. So, folks, if, you're, if you've gotten this far into the episode and you have ideas about great gift ideas for different levels of gamers pop it in, you know, join the Facebook group, talk, get into the discord and link the games that you like to give out as a gift and kind of let us know where they fit in the lineup of expert or special category or. Cause I got to buy gifts, bro. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. These are the games that you and I know about. There's tons of games that, that you and I have yet to play. And I that, need to know what to buy other people. Yeah. So yes, that information is very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Jesse, she's going to say killer bunnies. Ooh, really? Right? She loves Killer Bunnies. I did not know that. Yeah. So I think there's, you know, there's a bunch of games worth playing. Comment to us on other games that you think we should include in this type of guide or that you would recommend to other shelfies. Games worth getting as gifts, giving out as gifts, all that good stuff. I'm buying Killer Bunnies. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone at home, thanks a ton for listening. And as always, have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. Music